Hi everyone, this is Tony Tonkin. Thanks for listening to the Kids Matter podcast. If you like these podcasts and wish to support us in the work we are doing, then I invite you to log in to patreon.com slash childprotectionparty and support us for as little as $1 a month. Also, share our podcast with your friends and associates so we can reach more people and have more people connecting with us so we can improve outcomes for kids. This is a movement and you are an important part of it. Hi everyone, it's Tony Tonkin here from the Child Protection Party. I'm so glad that I can be with you today, not only because it's just great to be back and it's great to be able to talk to the people that care about kids and about improving outcomes for kids, but I also, more importantly, I have Avery with me. I'll introduce Avery back to us in a moment, but in the meantime, welcome to CPP TV. This is another brilliant production by CPP TV, uh, which we're always trying to refine. Um, but we have a, a fabulous topic to talk about today. Oh, fabulous in that it's a meaningful subject that really needs to be talked about. I've got a little bit I'd like to say about that. But in the meantime, I'd like to welcome the none and only, the great, the fantastic Avery Hildage to the session. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm good, thanks, buddy. Really good today. Good. Um, good. Well, I actually have been for a while since I've got... Since I got back from holidays, funnily enough, I've been uh, <coughs> kind of uh, enjoying the opportunity to reevaluate where I'm going and what I'm doing, and uh, it's been it's been good. What about yourself? Uh, it's always good to do that sort of thing. I have been uh, away for the past what nearly eight weeks uh, due to illness. I um, hmm. I went down with something, a chest infection. Uh, the doctor thought best make sure that it's not COVID. So uh, I I was straight down to the uh, Lyle McEwen Hospital, was tested, got the re- got the result two days later, saying that I'm all clear. Um, but uh, although I'm all clear, it's it was oh, nearly eight weeks that I was on increasing levels and, and increasing dosage, uh, increasing strength of antibiotics. And I need to say, Avery, you have. You have been missed. You know, I've I've missed these conversations, and I'm sure that people out there have missed them as well. Probably not me so much as as you, because <laughs> you're the man that holds it all together. Oh, we all God. accept that, um, but it's just the way it is. Hey, look, um, and I just want to say before we get into our topic today, um, I just want to welcome anybody who does choose to come on board to have a conversation with us, because it's important that we understand that this is, this is about your opportunity to speak to us, our opportunity to speak to you about the things that, that do, that concern us in the in the child protection space. And, uh, but also, I just wanted to say, I'm happy to see that our friends in Victoria, Avery, have had an opportunity to get outside their homes and experience what the weather in Melbourne really is like. Yeah, you mean rain? <laughs> yes. Pissing down today, I think. Yeah, Manchester but, of the South is, is Melbourne. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. I think the only difference between the only differences between Melbourne and Manchester back in England is the accent and how and uh, the temperature. Otherwise, both great shopping centres, both great places to visit, but be prepared to get wet. I, it's funny. I remember. I remember. This is not funny. It's sad. I remember when uh, D and I were in uh, in Liverpool <coughs> last year. It is. It was raining like cats and dogs, and it was the coldest I've ever been in my life. Absolutely freezing, bitter, terrible. But could only happen in the UK. Yeah. Oh, so, I li- but sorry. I, I was just going to say I lived for some for nearly eighteen months. I spent up in the Arctic, and I've been colder here in Melbourne. You know, when I've been in on occasions in Melbourne than I was ever was in the Arctic. Yeah, those Arctic breezes that blow up there to the. But uh, anyway, they they're kind of relatively sort of heading towards COVID-free, which they are. is 
which is something we all should be celebrating here in South Australia because we've been that way for such a long time, we've forgotten even what COVID is, you know? I got close uh, to, to finding out. Well, and we're grateful you didn't have it, Avery. Yeah, me too. We're grateful yeah. that you're still with us, man. Me too. Um, but our thoughts go to all of those people. I mean, and, and my thoughts go to people in, in the UK and the USA who uh, are suffering greatly and in Europe who have got their third wave happening and uh, thousands and thousands of people are still dying as a result of this terrible disease. So yeah. our thoughts need to go out to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So uh, what, what we wanted to get into today is a subject which concerns uh, Avery and I and it concerns the CPP and that is uh, the issue around the lack of being able to protect children who are in care from sexual assault. And that includes uh, uh, grooming, so using social media to, to groom kids uh, and to uh, protect, protect them against other people. And in one particular case that I'm aware of, being sexually assaulted by a child that is in the care of the minister. And so the question we're asking today is, who actually cares? Why isn't it that the minister is not acting as they should around these issues? And Avery, why in the particular did they not even know that uh, this child that was that was raised, the issue was raised in a committee, and uh, in parliament committee, and why isn't it that the, uh, the minister didn't even know? So I've got, so we'll talk about all of that in just a minute, but I'll start with the uh, the headline, which is um, this one. So it says, Child Protection Chief refuses to say who knew about sexual assault of girl in state care. Um, so the question here is that if Kathy Taylor, who is this person on screen, did not even know, and she is responsible for the well-being of these kids, who holds her to account for not knowing about something as severe as the sexual assault of a child? Not only was it sexual assault, that the child became pregnant as a result of this assault. What is wrong with our system, Avery, whereby we don't even, they don't even know, the minister didn't even know that this was happening? One thing to add to that is not only did she become pregnant, I'm not sure, I don't recall what her age was. Um, 13, she also had 13, or 13 three, and she had, 13. An she had to have, a, have an abortion, right? Yeah. Uh, that An abortion is something that's going to live with her for the rest of her life. Um, you know, that needs to be taken into account as well. Uh, why don't they know? I've got no idea. Lack of transparency is one thing and i think i'm pretty sure the art uh, the article that you've got there mentions lack of transparency it's a thing that we've been advocating for for uh for nearly six years now and yeah. uh i'm pretty sure you'll have been advocating for for uh, about the lack of transparency in the uh what do they call it family's essay beforehand and um whatever facts it was. before that facts before that yeah um it it always seems to me when I read these stories that they, um, I've said it, I've said it quite a few times that they, they say what they think they need to say, and they make changes and have inquiries and do things to say, look, we are addressing the issue when they don't actually do it. I, uh, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't impact them. Kathy Taylor has not resigned. She's not going to lose her job because of it. Uh, whoever the people in the department concerned who are directly the frontline workers. Um, well, well, we'll speak more about that in a moment. Uh, I'm not convinced that they really care. Well, I mean, one of the issues that I have around all of this is that they, they're told. They're, so I, before we get into some of these other issues around Kathy and uh, the way we think about whether or not she should still have a job or not, um, is that uh, the I've got a case at the moment where a 14-year-old kid just keeps running away from care. And uh, I spoke about this some weeks ago, but it's quite pertinent today because 
what it is saying is that the department knows that these kids are running away, that they want to go, in many cases, they want to go back to their biological parents. And the department refuses to accept that these kids at this particular point in their life have a mind of their own and they want to do things their way. And not always that's the best thing to do because some of these kids get involved in risky behaviours. I understand all of that. But sometimes the department needs to understand that they cannot hold on to these kids forever. At 18, they go. Yep. So it's and kids make that decision, Avery, at other points in their lives. They don't want, you know, no one they're not they're forced to make it at eighteen, but prior to that, they make decisions about where they want to live. Yeah. And if they're not and the problem is that they're not listening often to what these kids have to say. They're not they're not hearing them say, I'm unhappy where I am right now. I need to go back to a place where I feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more secure. And that would, and that you, as a as a carer, that is the state, you're not to me as the child, you're not doing a good job because I feel like crap. I've been moved around X number of times. I'm now living with people who don't love me, who don't care for me, who don't really want me in their lives. Apart from the fact that sometimes, you know, they think that they're doing the charitable thing by looking after a kid in care. And at the end of the day, the department does not and I see it. So this isn't just about, you know, reading a story in in a in the newspaper. This is our experience of working with some of these families is that these kids are just not heard in yeah. the story. Yeah. The uh oh, my brain just went this has been happening quite a lot since I uh, uh took sick, you know. I've it's got not, to say something. It's got nothing to do with age thing, everyone. Nothing to do with age at all. The fact that I, the fact that I'm nearly seventy is 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 irrelevant. Um <sighs> to be so young. Yeah. You're the baby in this in this relationship here. This is true. This is yeah. True. Um yeah, the, I, the, the the it seems to me that the state doesn't realise that when they take a child away, they are taking on the role of parent. Right? I, it doesn't. It doesn't seem that they realise that that's what they're doing. But then, they could. They are. They're known as the guardian. I know. Right there in the legislation, they become yeah. the guardian of this child. And the question to me is, what does guardian mean? Like, like this is Kathy Taylor's admission that she did not know about this case, and this child was basically raped, sexually assaulted. Yeah. And uh, and by an, a, an adult, and uh, she did not even know about it. Yeah. What does I, that tell you about... See, my guess is that someone in their department would have known. Like, who is the social worker that looks after this kid? Yeah. Why the, did they not know? My guess is they did. My guess also is that they didn't have the guts and courage to raise the issue with the department because they'd realised they'd stuffed up. Yeah, I go along with that. Uh, I would say that uh, I wouldn't expect uh, Kathy Taylor or Rachel Sanderson to know about that that kid that keeps running away, right? But when a kid gets sexually assaulted and uh, ends up pregnant and having to have an abortion, there's absolutely no excuse for that not being passed up the chain <coughs> to the uh to kathy taylor and to the uh minister responsible no excuse yep. whatsoever for that not happening it's and uh, she says they, they say further in the article here over the chief executive of south australia's department of child protection kathy taylor told state parliament's budget and finance committee that a breakdown in reporting procedures for god's sake um meant she and her deputy and the deputy's executive director of service delivery and practice this is a whole group of people you're talking about here, Ken. This, yeah. this is the upper echelons of the department. Uh, we're not told about the case. Now, what does it say about what does it say about your organisation if people are not prepared to take issues such as a child being raped while in your care up to the executive or somebody else uh, to deal with the issue? What does that say about the relationship that you have with these social workers? Yeah. When I read that, um, I'm a very process-oriented person. And when I read that, my immediate thought is I'd like to see that process. 
because if I had been writing it, I would have uh, said that certain cases must be re must be reported up the chain. You know, so a sexual assault of a of a of a child in care, a girl in care getting pregnant, right? Uh, that sort of thing. They must. There would be a. I would have put a list of things, right? A physical assault, of some sort. A sexual assault, of some sort. Um, that sort of thing. I would say that absolutely must be reported, and disciplinary action will be taken against anybody that does not report it. Yeah, and then the I other thing is like the kid that runs away occasionally. Yeah, uh, the minister. I'm quite certain, but I'm quite certain that there are those procedures. Well, we don't know. But all we know is that there was a breakdown, according to Kathy Taylor. There was a breakdown in the procedure. Well, we don't know what the procedure is. The procedure could be, um, if something happens, let us know about it. If if you know. It, well, it, I, we I don't, guess we... this, but the issue is even if, even if there is a procedure. Simply someone did not follow it. You know, oh, it's yeah. like saying, we have a speed limit, but if you exceed the speed limit, you know, you're going to get fined, you're going to get in trouble if you yep. get caught. Okay, so someone someone has got caught for doing something wrong. Yeah. Now, the person, now, Kathy Taylor believes, does she believe that the buck stops with her, that she is totally responsible? Under the legislation, the chief executive is, the, is responsible for the well-being of these children, the chief yep. executive is. Yeah, yeah. Now, if this, Abby, if this happened to a child in a parent's care, right, the department would be on their tail. The department would be saying, "You're a crappy parent." Yeah, and they'd be letting them know how crappy they are, making them feel like shit. So, Kathy Taylor, this is our moment because I want you to feel like shit because you failed this child. Your business, your department busily goes out and makes everybody else feel that they're bad parents because that's kind of like the, the way you generally view parents who become involved in the child protection system. Well, I'm going to let you know now, and the party's going to let you know, that you are responsible for what happened to this child. The fact that no one told you is totally irrelevant. The fact that no one felt they had the courage to tell you what had happened to this child makes you accountable, responsible, and the party is calling for your re your resignation immediately. You should not be in this position if people cannot trust you to talk to you about what has happened to uh, to kids that are in your care. Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. Can I make that any stronger, Avery? I didn't even swear, uh, so I was very controlled. I was I was going to say the only difference in what I would have said is there would have been a few f bombs sprinkled in there, uh, but we can't yeah, well, we, we can't do we that here. I know that this is a kids program, and when we write um, our press release on this story, there'll be no yep. f bombs in there either. No, but we will be. Good point. Absolutely, there'll a press release to, and uh, uh, I don't know how many organisations I can send it to seventy, eighty, ninety, something like that. And yeah, but we, but we are. We need to call for Kathy Taylor's, uh, Kathy resignation. Taylor's resignation, or because she she failed, and and this is the whole thing. There is another option, Tony. Yes, we call okay. for Rachel Sanderson to sack her, because I'm resigning is one thing. You're fired. Right, goes on her record, if you know what I mean. And and I just want to. We need to canvas the idea too as to how responsible Rachel Sanderson is for all of this. Um, I, I'm I'm spec I'm specifying Kathy Taylor because in the legislation, as I said before, she's the one that is responsible. Yeah. Right? The minister is not responsible. She is. So let her go first. But Rachel, you need to get your act together so that these kids have got a voice. Right? Yeah. Now we know you know, this is one of the problems with the system, Avery, is that these children are never heard. Yeah. Right? And that the department, for whatever reason, thinks that they must hold on to these kids until they're 18. Even though the department knows that they're not doing the best job they can with these kids, and in some circumstances, even though they may not be the best, these children could be returned to their biological parents. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. Because they have... They have this sense of, 
well, I kind of see it more like ownership. So somehow, it's like being in a bad relationship. It's like domestic violence, but at a at a uh, at an organisational and systemic level. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. That they they want to the kids need to the kids want to leave the relationship, but are told that they can't. They kept on getting brought back home, right? And they kept on being told that every time you run away, you come. Back. So it's it's like a DV relationship where the woman in in most cases leaves the home. And then he entices her back with something, you know, like, I'll never do it again, whatever, you're going to be okay, I'm going to give you some gifts, whatever it might be. The department does the same thing. Well, the, department, the, the department does something else with kids that consistently run away. Department here, anyway. They put them in, they put them in a training centre with barbed wire fences Absolutely. and things like Thanks, that. Mate. Yep. Adelaide Training Centre used to be a yeah. detention centre. Used to be youth centre, used to be a blinking jail for kids. Oh, it's, still is. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that you go and have a look at it. It's still a prison. Yeah, well, it looks better than it used to though. They've done it up. Good for them. Yeah, but still, still got barbed wire fences and gates that, that you've got to get a pass to get through and things like that. But how are we teaching thirteen and fourteen year olds to to be free thinkers and think independent? You know, these are the ages in which kids are discovering. That they do, that they can have a voice, yeah. and they're 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 working through shit. Frankly, this, yeah. these are times you know. I can remember my son will hate me saying this, but I can remember uh, my youngest son throwing some tanties, you know, like about, but you know, at those ages. But he was he was. I knew he was working through crap. He had to be let go to work it through. He turned out fabulous, thank God, yeah. a fabulous young man. But you know, kids have to work through this shit. It is tough for any parent. It's yeah. tough for the department. I get that. But you have to understand where these kids are at and that they need to work through some of this crap in order to come out the other side good adults. Right? Yeah. But putting restraints on kids, you know, it's like, it's almost like, you know, these, these kids have got some mental well, mental mental well-being issue and need to be locked up in... Uh, you know, a psychiatric institution somewhere because that's the only way that they can ever be controlled. You know, this is it's straitjacketing kids. Yeah. In an environment in which they need to be allowed a sense of freedom and independence, and the I, department don't get it. Yeah. So, I d I don't know if you saw um, a post that I put up a couple of days ago. Uh, it was about. Um, I'm sad to say that one of my cousins is the one that put this thing up. And it shows this woman beating the snot out of this kid. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Right. And I said, "This is, you know, this, this was the norm in the nineteen fifties and and the sixties. Back in my day, if you didn't behave and listen, this is how you were taught: respect, This is how you were taught: respect, obedience, responsibility, politeness, humility, good manners, and honesty. Right." Mm. There is no justification for a treatment like that, for treating a kid like that, none whatsoever. I've had people have argued with me about this since I posted that one up, saying, oh, there's lots of kids that need to have their ass tanned and things like that. Um, I wonder how much of that attitude exists in the department. You know, children yeah. are property. They're not people, you know, my child, you know, it's my child. And I can do what I want with my child. Well, no, you can't. They are they are people, and they yep. should be treated as people. And you should speak to them like they are people. Um, how would you know? How would the people that have argued with me about that particular graphic like it if if I was to go along there and say, "I don't, you're being very rude to me. Here's a big stick, and I'm going to whack your ass with it." Yeah, yeah, spot on, Avery. I think I think that. Uh... There has been a change in values over the years around yeah. some of that those parenting <laughs> behaviours, but I think that um, the department, the department still s seems to be stuck in a in a conventional way, an unhelpful conventional way of working around child protection issues. Yeah. that's what I was meaning. Are uh, they still stuck yeah, in that mindset? They're stuck. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt, they are. Get out of it. Find yeah. some different way of working. You know, I had a had a meeting uh, the other day or last week. 
I think it might be, with um, there's a com uh, sort of a virtual conference at the Australian Association of Social Workers and a group that I belong to um, held. And it was about child protection. Now, what was interesting was that the, the values and the beliefs of the people that were on that on the discussion group in that meeting were fantastic, fantastic. In fact, there's a director of one of them, I won't mention that, her name or the department because I don't want to embarrass her, but uh, she's a social worker who is in charge of one of the departments and uh, she was fabulous. She was fabulous. And what, one, what I wonder about is why is it not that those values that some of these social workers in these positions say that they believe in, why can't they be operationalised? Why can't yeah. we see them? And and the reason for that is that they, even though I think they some of them do believe some of those fabulous values that they've got, but they can't operationalise it because the the rank and file don't want to do it. They find it too hard to sit to to apply some of the basic principles of the very profession that they're working in. Yeah, and. Uh, and I just think, you know, Jesus Christ, there are people, there are people out there who do think and act like we do. Yeah. But uh, getting them to get it to work is a completely different issue, it seems. I just wanted to go to, um, Avery, this other bit here, which I think you wanted to comment on. Yes. Um, and I think this is, firstly, this is, this is Kathy Taylor. What I can say is that in this situation, frontline staff did an exemplary job. What's your comment around that? Uh, how can a, well, she said she was 13, how can a 13-year-old girl being raped uh, while in the care of the department, how can you say that the staff did an exemplary job? I don't see how she could possibly justify that that uh, comment. Well, is, is the exemplary job based on the fact Based on the fact that they didn't tell the minister or or the chief executive, yeah. Like, what's the exemplary job that they did? Yeah. What was the exemplary? If yeah. Oh, actually, I, I take it back. An exemplary job. Exemplary means an example. Well, okay. Yeah. There's an example of exactly what not to do. You know, report the damn thing. This yeah. girl has been raped, right? Report it. The exemplary job yep. that they did there was obviously not sending up the food chain. Don't you think we need need to question then why? What's what would have prevented people from uh, reporting this any further though? You know, like what what's I'm still curious. You know, if you know that something as horrific of this as this has happened, why wouldn't you report it? Yeah. What um, prevents people? You know, it's like you know, if I if I know that a kid's been abused right and it comes to me and i uh fail to report it and it comes to light that i knew about it i'm a mandated reporter yeah so i can be fined heavily yeah, yeah. for that the so I... so these people these people that knew about this are they being fined uh is uh, is legal action being taken against these people as well uh, a little bit further Yep. In that article, it says that no disciplinary action has been taken. A little bit further down from where you are at the moment. Yeah. Um, there you go. That uh, there top we go. That's the one no there. disciplinary action has been taken over the failure. Yep. Why? Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm back on what we were saying about the the culture in there. Uh, I go back to what I was just saying a moment ago. You know, the old children should be seen and not heard. Right, yeah, absolutely. Children should be heard. They've got a voice. They've got they've got brains in between their ears. They've got their own opinions, their own their own thoughts on on what they what's happening to them, what needs to happen, you know. And the department doesn't seem to give a toss about what the child themselves has got to say. That's right, and uh, and and it's it's not like. It's not like Avery; these kids are stupid, because no. they're not. My experience of these kids is they leave a lot of us us adults for dead. Yeah, they're 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 much more street smart than what I've ever been. Yeah, um, their their retorts and their 
you know, the, their comeback lines, I think, are, are sometimes extremely clever. Um, they do do things that are unhelpful to their own well-being from time to time. We know that yeah. and we accept yeah. that. But they're not stupid people either. Yeah. And, and it, it actually distresses One of the things that distresses me the most, I think, is that um, kids kids in these situations, are often we often find them uneducated as well. Yeah. Their reading and their writing is lacking and they just don't, they, you know, but they're not stupid. Just because you're struggling to read and write because you never had that opportunity when you're growing up because you're busily being shunted from one foster family to another or living in traumatic situations, you know, I can understand yeah. why you wouldn't. But it doesn't mean that, certainly doesn't mean that they're stupid. I just want to come down to that, that bit too that you mentioned. It was the application of mobile phone and internet procedures that actually led to the predatory behaviour in this matter being identified. Yeah. Can you talk to that for a bit? It, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was the application of mobile phone and internet procedures that actually led to the predatory behaviour in this matter being identified by the media. Yeah. It wasn't a process uh, from reading this story. It wasn't a process that exists in the Child Protection Department that, that led to this being discovered. It was a report in the media that brought it to their attention. And then it's, oh, bugger, we'd better go and have a look at this. And no. then, and then it came up in the inquiry. Yeah, I think. But, but I think Avery, the other thing too that we need to note is that most that there are there are issues like this happening as we speak. Yeah. Right now, there are kids running away of all ages. You know, I know of an eight or nine year old kid that that ran for for kilometers and kilometers to her parents' home. Yeah. Uh, so. It's not just kids of this age, it's others yeah. that are feeling. Now, the reason why they're running away is that they don't feel safe. So, you know, you've got to wonder if if they're taken from their families because the department feels that the children weren't safe, whatever, and I can understand that. If there's sexual abuse and a lot of domestic violence and other stuff, yeah, fine, kid needs to be removed. But for a lot of kids, that isn't necessarily always the case. Sometimes kids are moved for most bizarre reasons, and the most bizarre to me is often an unclean house or yeah. neglected house. Yeah. You can clean a house up and you yeah. can teach people to clean a house. You can do yeah. that. Yeah. But the department the department does very little work around that sort of stuff at all. So they, they busily will seek out and find other areas which can be like a parent's intellectual capacity will yeah. then loom as a, as a potential reason to remove a kid. And so it goes on. They look for other stuff to justify what they've done. Without, without accepting the fact that the trauma created for a child leaving a home is, is often greater than the trauma they experienced in the home. Yeah. I'd so be... sometimes we need to find ways to, to rectify all of that. Now, what, what do you think of um, what we should do and say about Rachel Sanderson then? About Rachel Sanderson, she is, as the minister, I would say that the law says that Kathy Taylor, the the chief executive of the department, is the one that's ultimately responsible. But I'd say that the person that's ultimately responsible is the minister who appointed her. All right? Rachel Sanderson's task right now should be to say to Kathy Taylor, your services are no longer required because you've we've had a child raped in care who got pregnant, who had to have an abortion, a 13-year-old girl. You have failed in your duty of care. You are no longer your your services are no longer required. That is what I think she should be doing right now, and she needs to be um, pushing. I don't know whether she can order them to do it, but <coughs> she needs to be pushing for a complete review of all of the procedures that failed. Uh, that in in this in this case and in. Other similar cases we've had in South Australia, whether it's been to do with sexual assault or some other sort of physical assault, assault, she needs to be pushing for a complete review and overhaul of those processes. And there is there's just this, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And there is, I mean, we've had so many overhauls of the processes, though, that just makes you wonder how many overhauls yeah, one yeah. can have and find that nothing actually changes. Yeah. Um, she says here, I could say, so she was asked about um, how many people 
This is Kathy Taylor. This yeah. is Kathy Taylor, yeah. I could say to you that I'm aware that a number of people were aware, but it would be wrong of me to say the complete number is X. You know, like you've got to... And I'll just go to that last bit there. Sadly, the, I know you wanted to comment about this. Sadly, the culture yeah. of blame and finger-pointing remains the default position of many in our community. Okay, yeah. let's yeah. point a few fingers, Avery. Okay, well, first off, on that first thing there, I could say to you that I'm aware. Um, she, I wouldn't expect her to say, yes, we've got 37 people that know, right? Uh, because it could be it could be 57, but I would expect her to be able to say, yeah, to my knowledge, there's uh, approximately 40 that are aware that were aware of this, right? There are approximately five that were aware of this. One other than you know, she she could certainly give an approximation. She doesn't but want why, to. Because, why is the number problematic then? Do you think? Uh, because if the number is if the number is two people were aware of it, it's not quite as bad as if it was 42. Yeah. So what does it? What do you think? What I do you think, think it tells us he, about the department if it was 42? I think the number is would because of that. I think that it's quite likely that the number is quite high. You know, yeah, people, because people in the food chain. And if yeah, I say exactly. if I say there was 40 odd people that knew about this, that shows a real failure in the system. There's two people, all right? There was the caseworker and there was her, that caseworker's boss. Well, it's not mm. quite as it doesn't sound quite as bad as all these people knew and not one of them said it and i bet you i could almost guarantee you that everybody within a district center that is an office would know cp office would know yeah and so how many would, would be in be the average how many would 30, be in the average well, office minimum minimum 30 people so when i said 40, 50 I, wasn't, people. I wasn't that far out no no not at yeah. all not at all yeah. they would all they would know they would be talking around and around the coffee table and you know, in meetings and yeah. all over the place. People people would know. We're not they treat God, they treat us like idiots. You know, like like just by saying that, making that statement, I'll bring it back up. But just by just by making that statement, I could say I could say that I'm aware that a number of people were aware, but it would be wrong for me to say you're just you're just telling us. Yeah. That, that number is extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's a big number, I can assure yeah. you. Yeah. Um, on the other comment that was on there about the culture, sadly, the culture of blame and finger pointing remains the default position for many in our community. My heart bleeds for you, Kathy. I feel so sad and sorry for you that people are pointing fingers at your incompetence. Right. Is it any wonder that there's a culture of blame and finger pointing when things like this happen? And, you know, I think there's a degree of irony in all of this because the department's, the department's degree of blame and finger-pointing at what they identify to be bad parents is to the extreme. Yeah. So yeah. to be complaining that people are pointing a finger at you, it's a bit like you, you bloody well deserve it. Yeah, you yeah, spend... You spend the whole culture of this organisation is to blame other people for the inadequacies of governments yeah. and societies and communities to take action that will help the most vulnerable people in our community. I, I've got a nuclear-powered irony meter in this house, and when I read that comment from her, <laughs> it, it, went, it, it overloaded. You know, I had a small mushroom cloud in the back of this room. <laughs> okay. The irony because, of that... It is. It's just the most stupid, insensitive statement yep. that anybody could make. And I'm over, actually, Avery, quite frankly, I'm over being kind of like, I've been conciliatory for years with the department, right? And I'm backing away from the advocacy stuff, as you now know. Yeah. But, you know, so the gloves are off as yeah. far as I'm concerned from now on because as a political party, we're about what's improving outcomes for kids. Yeah. End of story, zero. But if you as an organisation or as individuals are ignoring the rights of children and are continuing the abuse towards children, then we will call you out. It doesn't matter who you are. We yeah. will call you out. And Cathy Taylor and Rachel Sanderson at this particular point need to be called out for their inadequacies. Yeah. And I don't give a crap if I never meet them again. I've had meetings with Rachel in the past. They've been fine. I've appreciated it. But I am over it. You know, this we've got an election coming up next year, haven't we, Avery? 
Uh, yeah, I believe so. We need to be ready for uh, that. Federal. Because this is going to be a fight for the lives and well-beings of our children. Yeah. Um, there's a, another line, uh, just a couple of paragraphs down from that one we just had highlighted. Right. Is that, where... is that the one? Sorry? It is unbelievable that the person charged... Oh, no, no, just a little bit, uh, two lines below where it says, sadly, the culture. It says, I'm the person to, you have to hold accountable. Uh, oh, uh, okay. And Fair that, enough. Is, that is Kathy Taylor speaking. She's yep. right. She has got to be held accountable. Um, you know, you know, scroll up a bit from there so people can see it. Uh, yep. But it says, I'm the person you have to hold accountable. Um, Linda Burns, in the comments on here, said earlier on um, that she's accountable right my question of that is how we can't we can certainly hold rachel sanderson accountable because at the next state election you vote her out we can hold her accountable in that way what we cannot do is vote out kathy taylor right no, that's but, a good point because she was also she was appointed by the labor party yeah but yeah, yeah. um i don't know who it was who the, who the minister was at the time, but uh, I don't recall that. But, yeah, it was appointed by the Labour Party. And uh, as I said, uh, I think it was Linda Burns. Yeah, uh, Linda Burns said she is accountable. To who? Certainly mm -hmm. not to you and me or to Linda or anybody else uh, in the state apart from, the, apart from Rachel Sanderson. All right? Yeah. So it's up to Rachel, uh, Rachel Sanderson, to... Uh, say to her, your service is no longer required because of your incompetence, because your procedures allowed this to, to go unnoticed and unnotified. Yep. And I just want to highlight just that last bit there, Avery, where the Attorney General, whoever Kyan <laughs> Mayer is, Shadow, uh, it is yeah. Shadow Minister, yeah, uh, Shadow Attorney General, it is unbelievable that the person charged with the care of a vulnerable 13-year-old girl will find out about the rape of that girl through media reports. Now, I think the point that I just want to make about the opposition is that uh, Susan, what's her name, was the previous minister? Susan, what's her name? Susan, it'll come to me in a minute. Yeah. But um, they have not been any better. No, no. You know, and it's, it's for this reason that we need the Child Protection Party, though, mate. Yeah. Because we need to have people that are in federal and state politics that actually calls these people out when this stuff happens. Yeah. That actually puts the, you know, us us doing this conversation now, you know, who knows how many people that we've had, you know, we're doing it at a time when we don't have all that many people connect with us. But, you know, over time, you know, we'll probably have a few hundred people that will connect. But what, apart from us getting angry and pissed off with all of this, what actually is going to change? Nothing. No. Because at the moment, we don't have the authority or the power to make those things change. People contact us all the time, either through us or through the foundation, don't they, Avery? Yeah. To talk about the issues that they have, of yep. which there are many. Yeah. And we can help them in a micro level change some of that stuff. But in the macro level, the wider, broader spectrum of things, we can't help you that to change until you give us the power and authority to do so. Yeah. And I, uh, right at the beginning of this uh, discussion, I put a link there how people about people joining this party. It's the only way that Rachel Sanderson, the, the Rachel Sandersons, the Kathy Taylors of this world will be held accountable is when we've got somebody uh, sitting down in Parliament House calling them out. And I yeah. mean sitting, out, sitting as a member, which means that in the next election we need Everybody that lives in South Australia that belongs to the party voting number one for the Child yep. Protection Party. We need a lot more people to join. We've got 7,900 people follow us on Facebook, 11, 1,200 members. We need more. We need people to join this party because it's not just in SA it happens. It's in every other state and territory. The same sort of things happen. And, and you know, Avery, we, have, we now have people overseas. We do. That are actually looking at what we're doing as a political <coughs> party, and and we're we're the uh, at the forefront politically of of fighting these issues yep. at a political level. Yeah, I've, I've no had, one else is doing it. 
I've had emails from people in the, in the United States, the UK, Germany, uh, places like that, saying we don't have a party like yours in our country, anywhere in our country. Um, uh, with our newsletter, uh, I've got a list of something like 1,500 people now that live outside of Australia that want to get our newsletter. Mm. All right, I've posted a story on on the website. Or oh, probably two months or so ago, about uh, three months ago, about this guy um, in at the University of Austin in Texas, uh, who is saying that paedophilia should be normalised. Uh, it should be LGBTQ and add a P on the end for paedophiles. And the I've never seen such a torrent of comments made on the website about any story that I've put. Uh, the last time I uh, checked, we were around 350 or 400 comments, most of which have come from um, the United States, particularly in Texas, which is where the University of Austin is. Yeah, as you said, we've got a we have got a huge following overseas, uh, more active, I'm sad to say, than we have here. Right? I've 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 forwarded on newsletters that we've that we've created to people in the united states and in the uk and they've come back and they've it's turned out they've actually read the damn thing we're here you know i don't know whether people read them or not we get no feedback from the from the seven or from the 1200 or so that we send it out to you know how many people it's just another email that pops up possibly goes straight to their junk folder i don't know and i guess i guess it, the point is, though, that we need to. Um, now, I keep. I think I say this almost every live feed, Avery. But you know, we can't do it on our own either. No. You know, we can we can drive the numbers and we can have this conversation and hopefully, as a result of Avery saying what he just said, that people will start to to become more aware of us and contribute, whether they contribute financially and donate to us or whether they whether they join us as a member and donate that way <clears throat> or or go and talk to your neighbors and your friends and other people about cpp and what it is that we're doing yeah if you unless unless you do those things <coughs> nothing's going to change we could shout as that look eventually there are going to be lots and lots of people that will watch this video but none of the people that watch this video There'll be lots of people from the department who will disagree with us, who will hate us for some of the things we're saying. Yep. We're calling them out to account. Yep. They will hate us for it. And I wouldn't blame Kathy Taylor for hating us because sometimes people hate you when you tell them the way it is and you know it's true. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, go for it. Yeah. But, you know, if, you're gonna, if we're going to create a stir, let's create a big one. Let's, yeah. get, let's get it happening. Because yeah. sitting back, doing bugger all, is not going to cut it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the, what I was just saying about members, right, about membership, how many people that are members, um, how many of them have got a partner who is also a member? If your partner's not a member, why not? Right? Why aren't you asking, saying to them, look, I'm a member of the Child Protection Party. I want you to join. Right? They can, if they're a member of another party, they can still join, right? They can't, uh, and they can still vote for us. Uh, maybe they give us a second preference rather than the first preference, but they can still vote for us. Um, you know, how many of you have spoken to your brothers and sisters, your parents, your older children who are old enough to join? How many of you? How many people have done that? If the if if, I mean, in my in my family, I've got two sons, both are members. Right, my wife's a member because I spoke to them and said, "You got to join this. You got to do this because it's valuable. It, it's something that needs to be done." And every single person that is a member of the party should be talk. I think should be talking to their family, their 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 husband, their wife, their their older children. Right? Um, they need. They should be talking to them, their parents, you know, whatever, brothers and sisters and nephews and nieces. Talk to them and say, "Join this party." You care about about uh, what's happening to children? Join this party. Yep, spot on, mate. Now we have to rant over Avery because I I have to I have to go and see a client, probably, you know. Oh. Um. So, but 
Uh, I just want to say, I just want to reiterate what Avery's just said, that, you know, um, become a part of who we are so that we can make the changes that we need to make that are going to produce better outcomes for kids. I can't explain it any more simpler than that, Avery. I've got one other thing I want to add to this, and that is that in South Australia, we've got four or five of us doing all of this. Yep. We need we need more. We need somebody who's willing to, who's got the skills, who's willing to act as a treasurer for us, for example. Just volunteer a couple of hours a month to act as a treasurer. We need somebody who's got the, who's got fundraising skills to join us, and just a few hours a month, um, help us to raise funds. You know, who's got marketing skills? Who's willing to spend just two, three, four hours a month, mm. right? You spend 40 or 50 hours a week on this. I spend 30 to 40 hours a week doing this. I also spend a similar amount on the Riley Foundation. That's right. right? That's put on. And, and I get paid exactly that many dollars, zero, right? I'm, I'm not asking – I wouldn't ask anybody else there to say, I want you to volunteer 40 hours a week, but you could do four hours a month, just to keep our accounts in order. You could do four hours a month coming up with ideas of how we can uh, raise funds or ideas how we can best promote the party. You know, how can we grow our YouTube channel to a point where we've got subscribers all the time watching the videos that we produce to uh, where we get sufficient subscribers that we don't need to say to to the people, you've got to pay $12 a year for membership because we're getting sufficient income from from YouTube, right? We can do the same with Facebook if I can sort that damn problem out that I've, I've got, uh, which I'm still waiting for them to answer. But we could do all that sort of thing. We need help from those people outside of this computer, those people out there who are members, who care about what we do, four hours a month, you know, an hour a week, just checking, as I said, checking the uh, our our accounts, right? Things like that. Uh, take the load off me, take the load, you know, release on the load from you. And it would help immensely, you know. Yep. So if anybody would. out there wants to do that, 0416-113-513, my number, you'll find it on the Facebook page. Call me and tell me, and we'll, we'll, we'll arrange an interview. And we'll see what we can uh, see about bringing you on board for it. Absolutely. All right, Avery. Thank you very much for that. Good seeing you again, mate. On it's this, uh, it's good to see and talk to you. And we, <clears throat> we will be doing many more over the next week or so. When we've got a subject such as this, we will raise it. Um, we'll keep it to the fore so that we don't forget that at the end of the day, it's kids that matter. Yeah. Thanks, absolutely. everybody. Thanks, Avery. Thanks. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.